the Talking Dirty Birds podcast. With your hosts, bloggingdirty.com site experts, Ikai Kahal and Randy Gersey. So get ready to rise up, because it's time to talk dirty. Dirty Birds, that is. What is going on, Atlanta Falcons fans? Atlanta Falcons fans, my name is Ikaika Hall, and joining me as always is Mr. Randy Gersey. Falcons fans, I know you're disappointed. We came up short of the goal, ultimate prize, winning the Super Bowl. We lost in the divisional round to the Philadelphia Eagles, a game, by the way, and Maybe this is a controversial statement. We should have won. We had four plays to put the ball in the end zone, to take the lead, put it on our defense, to win the game for us, but the offense couldn't execute. Some, nay, many Falcons fans are going to blame offensive coordinator Steve Sarkeesian, to which I am going to say, Slow your roll. This is not all on Sarkeesian. Randy, what say you? How are you doing, sir? Have you recovered from the Falcons' loss? I have, but i barely with you today. I just went through the 2018 blizzard out here in, uh, in Georgia. Governor, Governor Nathan Field declared a state of emergency and, you know, shut down uh, a lot of the uh, state offices and everything. And uh, let me tell you, we had so much snow that it is actually covering part of a bush that I'm looking at. So, you know, barely got through that. But um, uh, uh, other than that life-threatening event that uh, us Georgians are going through, you know, uh, I- I've moved on from the Falcons game. Um, I would agree with you wholeheartedly that people need to kind of slow down with blaming Sarkeesian. I think too often we are quick to blame the coaches when uh, – Execution doesn't work out. Um, for instance, I saw one guy put out there on the fourth and goal situation, the final pass of the season, that, you know, you had Julio Jones locked up one-on-one with the cornerback. That's what you want. If you're going to go game on the line, you've got one chance, you know, I don't care how many plays they've run before that, you know, you're hearing, oh, they ran four consecutive pass plays, great. You know, that, that doesn't matter. What matters is the game was on the line. Yeah, number two thrown to number 11 and one-on-one coverage. It didn't work out, but probably would. That just happened to be the one time it didn't work out. And uh, I agree with you. I say it's not all on the coaching at that point. Well, they're on fourth down. When they're uh, rolling Matt Ryan out of the pocket and they're sliding his protection over, and on that rollout, I think the initial plan was to hit Julio Jones right there at the pylon. Okay. However... Julio Jones slipped. Now, mind you, this is a similar – they ran a similar play against, uh, I believe, New Orleans this season. In New Orleans, when they got beat, uh, it was uh, the, the refs beat the Falcons there in New Orleans. I said the refs beat the Falcons in New Orleans. Anyways, um, it was a rollout. He was going to Julio Jones there at the pylon. Julio Jones in single coverage. I'm going to take Julio Jones all day, every day. Okay, every day, all day, 24-7. Julio Jones, single coverage, give him to me. By the way, he almost had the ball anyways. 
Julio Jones uh, turns to hit the pile on, and he slips. Now, here's where it gets controversial because Falcons fans are saying, well, you know, once he slipped, he was pushed, blah, 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 blah. Shouldn't say blah, 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 blah. I mean, look, I get it. It was disappointing. But Julio Jones not have slipped. Okay, and we, we polled fans on this, and more than half agreed. Matt Ryan is hitting Julio Jones for a touchdown. He's firing that pass right. off. Julio Jones doesn't slip. And he's hitting Matt Ryan. I'm sorry, he's hitting Matt Ryan. is hitting Julio Jones for the touchdown right there at the pylon. Do you agree, Randy? I agree 100%. Um, and, you know, to the point of, you know, he got pushed, this or that. I saw pictures. People were taking pictures of it, you know, screenshots and saying this actually wasn't called. Well, Jones had a – he had space on him. He slipped. Darby ran into him. I don't see that as a penalty. That was incidental contact. I know that's not, the, you know, the the favorite thing to say right now, but I didn't, I didn't find that to be a questionable non-call. Um, but, yeah, I think if Jones doesn't slip, then all of a sudden, you know, it, 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 he could have come down with it. I think that Ryan does hit him. And then all of a sudden, does that mean Steve Sarkeesian's not a terrible play caller? I mean, are we still sitting here talking about Steve Sarkeesian is terrible and has to go if, that, if Julio Jones doesn't slip right there? Would, we, would you say that we're still having the same conversation? No. I, um, we're having a different conversation if Julio Jones doesn't slip. We're having a completely different conversation because, look, and and I'm I'm gonna kind of change direction here from the offense to the defense. Julio Jones doesn't slip. Matt Ryan's gonna hit him for the touchdown. Look, I like the play call. Someone from another uh, platform, another media outlet. Uh, I'm not gonna name names. Falcons fans, you probably know who the individual is, but. Basically, not to paraphrase, or to paraphrase, rather, said the play, that last play on fourth down, that was high school stuff. That was a high school call. That's the kind of stuff, that's the kind of basic stuff you run in high school when you don't have the time to go through an intricate offense or uh, a very detailed offensive play with your team. You throw in stuff like that. You roll them out of the pocket, slide their protection, hit someone on the pylon, they called it high school. You know what I called it? I call it putting the ball in the MVP's hand, Matt Ryan, and giving him one opportunity to throw it to the best receiver in the universe in one-on-one coverage. Now, Matt Ryan hits him for a touchdown. Let's assume Julio doesn't slip. Matt Ryan hits for a touchdown. It's been on the defense because it seemed like the clock would have hit zero. It's been on the defense, and this is why I'm, I'm, I'm switching gears. It's been on the defense to come through and to hold the Eagles. Let's talk about the defensive play a little bit there with the Eagles. And uh, safety counter Nils almost inter- would be interception that actually turned into an Eagles reception which then led to a field goal before the half actually ended up being very detrimental, which actually ended up being very detrimental to the Falcons' uh, play calling at the end of the game because they could have went for a field goal and took the lead had not had had the Eagles, I believe, had the Eagles not have um, been able to kick that field goal heading into the second half. 
Yep. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you something, Randy. Was this loss to the Eagles as much on the defense as it was on the offense for not uh, producing and coming short of the end zone there in the last four downs of the game? I don't think so. Um, you, you can single out that one play from Neil where it was a missed opportunity and that one hurt. But anytime you're talking about a, t- a defense giving up only 15 points on the road to the number one seed, you know, even if you know Carson Wentz is out, but it's not like Nick Foles was an inexperienced guy back there. He's, you know, he played, this is a second uh, playoff game and he's played, he played well last time when he started for the Eagles. So they, they were going against an NFL caliber quarterback with a really good team around him, and they held them to 15 points. When you have the MVP on offense on the other side of the ball for you, you should be able to score more than 15 points. So I don't put any of the blame on the Falcons' defense for this loss. I, I say it's you know, completely on the offense. Um, but, again, you know that's not 100% on Steve Sarkeesian. I think you know where I stand on that. I think there's a lot of uh, failed execution by the players. Um, not just Julio Jones slipping, you know, but there are, not just in this game either, but throughout the year there's a lot of times where, you know, fans are clamoring that the screenplay wasn't there. Well, if you go and you look at the tape, the screenplay was there, but, you know, receivers or offensive linemen that have swung out were missing the blocks. So there's just a lot of bad execution on the part of the offense, and I think it falls on the players um, just not doing their jobs. I know what I think about the defense's performance um, against the Eagles. But there are others, including those in the media, who cannot seem to get over the fact that the Falcons' defense could not contain or stop Nick Foles from driving the Eagles' offense down. Because if, 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 you, know, um, if you recall, Nick Foles got into a little groove, a little momentum. You know, doing this basically a read option to where he's putting the ball in the belly of the back. And he's reading the secondary. And if he sees uh, an opportunity, he's pulling that ball out, that ball right where it needs to be. To me, that's good quarterbacking. Nick Foles, isn't it, isn't it, isn't it? He's not garbage, but he's not a lead. I mean, he's not the MVP of the league. The Falcons' defense, in my opinion, uh, went on the road, as you pointed out, held a team to 15 points in a playoff game. It's not like we expected the Eagles to come out and score 40, by the way. But the defense gave the offense a chance to win. Did they make it harder on yes, the offense by, you know, uh, Keanu Neal deflecting that ball off of his knee, uh, you know, the Eagles getting a field goal heading into the second half? Yes, that happened. But the Falcons' defense did well enough to give the offense a chance to win. Not all on Steve Sarkeesian, which leads me into the next topic. Randy, Steve Sarkeesian. Um, news broke on Tuesday. Steve Sarkeesian is apparently going to remain around, going to remain the Falcons' offensive coordinator in 2018 or for the 2018 season. You like that choice, Randy? I think it's the right choice. Um, 
you know, Sarkeesian was put in an impossible spot, and I said this on our first podcast that we ever had, that Sarkeesian came in to a spot that the only thing he could do was be perfect because he took over one of the best offenses in the NFL. And, you know, Kyle Shanahan's credit, I know everyone was ready to pack his stuff for him after he made a couple bad calls in the Super Bowl, but to his credit, he is a great offensive mind, and he's going to get more out of the players he has and what their talent indicates they should be able to do. So do I think Matt Ryan's a great quarterback? Yes, I think he is. Do I think he's an MVP? Not all the time, but when he works with somebody like Kyle Shanahan, he can be. You know, Shanahan just has a way of taking you, taking them off the player and making them look great. I mean, do you really think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to run off five wins in a row on the Cleveland Browns with Hugh Jackson? No, but he had Kyle Shanahan, so he's going to go and do that. So here comes Sarkeesian taking over for a guy like that, you know, the guy who made Robert Griffin III look like an NFL quarterback when he was with Washington. So you've got – you're following those shoes, you know, you're following in those, those steps there, and your only option is to be great. If you're anything less than great, you're going to get piled on. And it was really a bad situation that he got put in. On top of that, he tried to make things easier on the team, and he was the one learning the offense rather than the other way around. He was the one saying, hey, I'm going to pick up your offense. I'm going to, you know, be calling what you guys are used to calling. He tried to build this offense around Matt Ryan. And not a lot of guys are going to put their ego aside and do that. So I think that, yes, Sarkeesian should be given at least another year. And uh, – I, I don't see why it had to be a uh, um, an announcement that he was going to be given another year. I think it was just kind of something that, you know, he was hired to do the job. He came in, he did it. They fell short of their goal this year, but then again, only four of the 32 teams went further than the Falcons did this year. So it's not like it was a complete fail. Speaking of Steve Sarkeesian, we are going to discuss his future with the Atlanta Falcons and joining us now is none other than NFL Network Insider Ian Rappaport. You can see him throughout the week on NFL Networks up to the minute at 4 p.m. Eastern and NFL Total Access at 7 p.m. Eastern. Ian, thank you for joining us. You mentioned yesterday, of course, that Steve Sarkeesian isn't going anywhere. He's around for 2018. Ian, my question to you is, does he have uh, a time limit here, and is this his last and final year where he has to prove himself, or does Quinn – you know, does Quinn want him around for the long haul? Do you have any insight on that? Well, um, you know, first of all, I think everyone in the NFL is basically on a one-year contract regardless of what their contract says, right? So, you know, you can lead one of the NFL's best offenses one year. You can lead one of the NFL's best offenses one day and be fired two days later as Todd Haley was uh, in Pittsburgh. So, you know, everyone's sort of on a one-year deal realistically. But, you know, I think the thing with Steve Sarkeesian uh, – well, let me say, there's two things. Uh, first of all, he was following up a historic offense. I mean, what Kyle Shanahan did – you know, basically it's like if you look at offensive efficiency and such things, there's basically three offenses that have scored up better than 50% of their possessions, and one was last year's Falcons game. So anyone having to come back from that, uh, it's always going to be a downgrade. And, you know, there's going to be an adjustment when it's a new offensive coordinator, especially one who's not really running his own system. But the improvement they had in the second half of the season, seeing Matt Ryan be the star that he has been, um, you know, I think all of that sort of gave hope for the future that that this is that this is going to work. Um, and I know that they have a lot of confidence in it, and I, I think they believe it's going to work going forward. Now, Ian, Sarkeesian was – I mean, they put him through the ringer this season, and, uh, you know, sports media outlets alike 
uh, particularly after that last play call there against the Eagles where they roll Matt Ryan out of the pocket to try to hit Julio Jones there on the pylon. Um, you know, they're saying Sarkeesian is essentially – uh, coaching, he, he's calling high school football plays there. So it, it leads me to wonder, right, are, are the average Falcon fan to wonder, does Sarkeesian have the capability to transition from a college-minded offense to um, an NFL offense? Now, again, we're, you know, some are comparing the Falcons' production and productivity this season to last season. But is there any worry that Steve Sarkeesian will not be able to fully adjust uh, to the NFL game and he's going to kind of always be uh, that college-minded coach? You know, I don't really see things like that um, because so much of what we've seen in the NFL, and not as much from the Falcons, but, man, a lot of other places. Houston this year is a perfect example. I feel like it's all blended. You know, like how many people are – I mean, watch what the Eagles do on Sunday. They are going to run not a college offense, but there's going to be a lot of college concepts. Uh, they did it with Carson Wentz. The Rams doing with Jared Goff. I mean, God, if you were going to get – if you told me that you could hire, you know, a top five college offensive coordinator, I would say that's probably pretty good. You know, the game is evolving so much that – and, you know, it's interesting. It's almost like as defenses are getting more complex, the offenses are getting faster and simpler. Um, and I think that's kind of happened. Now, as far as, you know, the last play of the game, the ball was in Julio's hands. So say whatever you want. First of all, I think he probably would have caught it if he hadn't tripped coming out of his break. Second of all, the ball was in the hands of, of one of the best receivers in football uh, with the game on the line. He didn't catch it, um, but the ball was there and the play was there. And I, I agree with you 110%. I mean, there was uh, a lot of controversy with that last play call. You're right. The ball was in, the ball was in Julio's hands. Um, let me ask you this. Does a year under Sarkeesian's belt give him the experience to at least give Falcons fans hope that this offense is going to be clicking even a bit more in the 2018 season? Yeah. I mean, that's one thing is like, you know, everybody wants to make change. It's not just the Falcons. It's like, like the world. Everybody wants change. Um, but sometimes guys got to be allowed to grow in their jobs. It's like everyone wants the hot new rookie, but no one wants to watch him go through and just try to try to learn to play uh, because sometimes it's a process. And I think what you saw the first half of the year this year was, um, you know, was Steve Sarkeesian kind of figuring it out. And what you saw in the second half of the year, a lot better, you know, a real lot better. Um you know, so I, I think that should really give the Falcons hope for the future. It really should. Ian, I, I love it, man. I love your perspective. Uh, and I know you're busy. And, by the way, again, uh, we've got Ian Rappaport. And you can see him uh, throughout the week, NFL Network, up to the minute at 4 p.m. Eastern and NFL Total Access at 7 p.m. Eastern. Ian, I know you got breaking news going on throughout the day. You just broke some news regarding the Steelers. Uh, one final question for you because I have you on. The Seahawks are going through some shifts in terms of coaching in terms of coordinators, Absolutely. Um, could they also be going through some shifts in personnel? And dare I even, you know, mention the thought of any current Seattle Seahawks uh, players or free agents heading down to Atlanta? Is there any, any, any word out there in regards? And I would be remiss, uh, you know, if I didn't ask you that on behalf of Falcons fans, could we see any of that You're talking about Jimmy Graham, right? reuniting with uh, Coach Quinn out there? I, are you talking about Jimmy Graham or are you talking about defensive guys? 
Actually, both. <laughs> okay. Um, yes, uh, I think it's possible. I don't. I, I will say this: it's way early, and I don't know. So, um, I, I can't say like you know they like yes, the Falcons have interest. I don't know because we're not there yet. Um, I will say that you know one of the best ways to look at free agency, if you're trying to figure out where a guy could go, is you say, all right, well, who has money? Well, shoot, everyone has money now. The cap went so crazy. Two, what familiarity is there? You know, players so often go to coaches they know and systems they know. So could there be some crossover between, you know, the Seahawks and the Falcons? Yeah, I would think so. Uh, I'll be curious to see how much money Jimmy Graham is looking for. Third contract, you know, sometimes that can be sort of reasonable. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's interest, and I think there probably should be. There you go, Ian Rappaport. Follow him on Twitter at RapSheet. That's R-A-P-S-H-E-E-T. Ian, I know you got some work to do, man. Such an honor to have you on. Thank you so much. Enjoyed it. Thank you, guys. Oh, there you go. Um, Ian Rappaport, again, NFL Network Insider. You can catch him on NFL Networks up to the minute at 4 p.m. Eastern and NFL Total Access at 7 p.m. Eastern. And uh, on Twitter, again, follow him at RapSheet, R-A-P-S-H-E-E-T. Pleasure to have him on. He gave you some information regarding Steve Sarkeesian, or at least his thoughts. Folks, I think Steve Sarkeesian is the right selection and the right, the right pick for uh, this Falcons offense. You just got to give it time. And, of course, while we had Ian on, I just had to ask him. I had to ask him about free agency. I don't know if we're going to get him on again anytime soon. So I had to take my, my, uh, my shot there and ask him about free agency. He knew nothing. Let's just go ahead and put that out there in the ethos. He knew nothing, no rumblings as of now, but we at least asked him, and there you go. Some stuff to think about. Do we see any Seattle Seahawks players reuniting with Coach Quinn, or do we see maybe even Jimmy Graham making a return to the NFC South? Folks, I'm going to close the show by doing this and uh, by, by saying this. The Atlanta Falcons are in a good position. Yes, we only scored, what, 10 points there in that divisional game against the Eagles, and the offense came up short there at the end. Yes, Julio Jones and Muhammad Sanu had very uncharacteristic drops this season. Yes, Devontae Freeman had some fumbles this season. Yes, Matt Ryan threw some interceptions. The majority of them were not his fault this season. But, folks, that's not going to happen again next year. You're not going to get the best receiver in the world dropping that many passes again. Muhammad Sanu is not going to drop that many passes again. These guys are going to bounce back. And I would not want to be the team that's going to play opposite them in 2018. Steve Sarkeesian has a year of experience under his belt. Ian just alluded to the fact that, or make note of the fact that that's a, that, that matters. A year experience matters. You've got to give these individuals the time to grow and adapt and adjust. It matters. I am looking forward to the 2018 season. I'm looking forward to what this team does in free agency and the draft. I'm looking forward to their off-season preparation because I believe that Steve Sarkeesian will have this offense in a different place. Okay, Mark Juan Manuel, uh, defensive coordinator for the Atlanta Falcons, has that defense looking good. I think they'll be top five in the league like next year. Just my, uh, just my opinion. I think they'll be a top five defense in the league next year, if not top three. Yeah, I said it. 
So, folks, take it easy on Steve Sarkeesian. He's going to be around. Like it or not, you're going to have to get used to him. Okay? Folks, thank you so much for listening to the Talking Dirty Birds podcast brought to you by bloggingdirty.com, bloggingdirty.com, bringing you everything Atlanta Falcons, all your Atlanta Falcons news, opinions, and updates there on bloggingdirty.com. Follow us on Twitter at bloggingdirty. Uh, And as always, rise up. Thank you again to Ian Rappaport. 